Lord, we love you and we love your word and we love being transformed. We ask that you would speak to us right now. You've been so wonderfully with us this morning already. And now as we look to the scriptures, we pray that the word of God will come alive to transform, instruct, to inspire. Have your way with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We're, well, you have a piece of paper that you might have got that has a, kind of pictures of a caterpillar turning into a butterfly we've been using as an image of the process of transformation into Christ's likeness. Real briefly, the idea is that if you become a follower of Jesus, one of the th- he promises several things. One is that as you put your faith in Jesus and his death and his resurrection, that the blood that he shed on the cross is actually for the cleansing of our sins, for the forgiving and the cleansing. So he changes us and he washes away the stains of our past, which is really important. Washes away the shame, gives us a new life, saves us from ourselves, saves us from the punishment of hell, saves us from a lot of stuff, and promises that his spirit comes inside of us and he's doing a process of transforming us to become like himself. So there's a lot that goes on in the word salvation. And we've been talking about the process and the promise, the promise that God gives and the process which often involves our cooperating with the Lord in transformation. And I kind of thought we were done last week with it, but I you know, was praying and seeking the Lord, and I felt like he said um, that he wanted us to talk about can I say it that way? Maybe just this sort of a command phrase, imperative. Honor the Holy Spirit. And that part of the process of transformation for you and me is us honoring the Holy Spirit. Last night we had a Western shindig. And you might have seen some of the pictures on Facebook. Anyone sore today from the dancing? There was line dancing. There was a chili cook-off. Greg, are you Okay. Because you were putting on your boogie. I'm telling you, brother. I took some video of Greg, especially, and put it on our Facebook page. You might want to look for that. Guy was cutting a rug. And chili cook-off and all that. And we had um, Scott of Ty's Burger House come to be the official chef judge for the, for the chili cook-off. And I forget. And, oh, the chili was so good. And... Trish won, yeah, Trish and Russ, yeah. Um, And we brought Scott up, and Michelle, uh, Michelle and Snake, especially Michelle was thinking through this, that we wanted to say thank you because of how Scott has served us. Scott, um, as you probably know, he hosts our men's breakfast, which is that next week, the 9th of March. Men, we go to Ty's Burger House every Saturday morning. Scott just provides that for us. He's the owner of Ty's Burger House around the corner. And many times he has just answered the call. Whenever we have a request, we, you know, maybe we want to do a fundraiser banquet. Could we do it at your restaurant? And he'll like, give all the food away and his space away just to bless us. So Michelle said, can we honor him? And we got, got him a trophy. And that, that was her language. She, we, she stopped him after he did his... Um, you know, judging thing and with the chili, and said, Scott, we want to honor you, and talked about what he had done and what he's been doing to serve us, and then gave him a 
a trophy, like a, a glass kind of plaque that said, you know, thank you for years of service, something like that, that maybe he'll have at his restaurant. So her words were, we want to honor you. She recognized him. She gave thanks to him. We gave him a gift, and it was honoring. And I think you all understand, we understand that, right, intuitively, what it means to honor. And that's a, probably a good illustration of what I'm talking about when we talk about honoring the Holy Spirit. So we, we're thankful for all he does, Scott. And we could continue to call him and ask him to do more of what he does and be thankful for it and enjoy the food and enjoy the, the housing and enjoy everything that he gives us and never honor him. And it's conceivable that some of us do that with the Holy Spirit. Lord, send your spirit today. Fill us again. You know, give us the Holy Ghost goosebumps. Zap us. <laughs> whatever, whatever language you have had with an experience with the Holy Spirit, more, Lord, more of the Spirit. But never stop to actually honor the person of the Holy Spirit. Are you communicating a little bit? Kind of, maybe that's a little bit foggy. But you, that's the concept that we're after. That we not only receive gifts from him, but that we honor the person of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are confused already by, like, how would we do that? What does that mean? And that's what I want to talk about. Just really briefly, you see at the top of your notes, I have three, you see that there's like a blue bar and three topics, three points. That's kind of how my thinking was in laying this out. What I've given you in your notes is something you can take home because we probably won't hit it all today, but it's, it's almost a, an article, a brief writing about honoring the Holy Spirit. But the first thing we want to talk about is just really fast intro to who the Holy Spirit is in case this is new language. You've heard the word the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. You've heard prayers in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Very briefly, this, this could go a lot farther, and let me pause and tell you something. Ready? You listening? If you'd like to know about the person of the Holy Spirit, go to our podcast, gracetalks.org, and look for April 8th of 2018, Matt Evans spoke on who is the Holy Spirit, one of the best talks I've ever heard on who the Holy Spirit is. That will help you. Okay, but just briefly, the Holy Spirit is a person, like Jesus and the Father are a person. He's not an it. So when people talk about it for the Holy Spirit, they're mis- it's a misnomer. He is not an it. He is a he. The Holy Spirit is not a, an impersonal kind of force not kind of a power surge, not a spark of God in each of us, not any of those things. The Holy Spirit is a person. He has, and that means we can know him personally, by the way, because he's a person. Just like we can know Jesus personally, we can know the Father personally. And, and admittedly, this is a concept that people have had trouble with since the beginning. But the Bible presents God as one, and the Bible presents God as one in three persons. And that's just the way it is. And we can spend a lot of time reading lots of scripture through the Bible and see this is how he's presented. But here's some scripture. Briefly, the Holy Spirit, here's why we know he's a person. Well, he has intelligence. That's not a power force, doesn't have intelligence, an impersonal force. John 14 um, quotes the words of Jesus, talking about the Holy Spirit being coming after Jesus ascends. And he says, the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He'll remind you of what I've said to you. The Holy Spirit is a person with intelligence who can speak and communicate. He has a will. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 11 
Speaking of the gifts that God gives, um, Paul writes that all these gifts are the work of one and the same Holy Spirit. He gives them to each one just as he determines, just as he wills. He has emotions like a person. Um, Ephesians 4 talks about not holding on forgiveness toward each other, not giving the devil a foothold. talks about not using our language to tear each other down, but to build each other up. And after that whole language that you should read about on your own, the, the next sentences, don't do all that stuff and don't grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, when we are hateful, bitter, vengeful to each other, it brings grief, it grieves, it hurts the Holy Spirit. We can actually hurt him because he's a person. Um, he's described as a divine person in relation to the Father and Son. Here's First Peter saying that we are those who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ. And there's one of those many places in the Bible where you see God, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, all coming together. Second um, Corinthians is another one where Paul is writing, and he just you see this in passing, but catch this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, and he's referring to the Father there, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Um, the Holy Spirit, here's, here's one of the places where we know that he's God, because in Acts chapter 5, there's the story of some people who have tried to deceive the body of Christ by, by pretending that they had this big, generous gift. And they, they gave something, but they tried to make it bigger than it was. They tried to get some kind of cred from people by overstating what they'd done. And Peter says to them, this is a big deal, Ananias is the guy, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you lied to the Holy Spirit and kept back some of that money for yourself that you received from the land? It was, it was yours. And after it was sold, it was at your disposal. What made you think of doing such a thing? Now notice the twist here. Luke's writing. You have not lied to men, but to God. First he called him the Holy Spirit. Then he said, you lied to the Holy Spirit, you lied to God. That's one of the places in the Bible where we, we understand, okay, Peter saw the Holy Spirit as God. So we, we feel, especially if, if you're around you know, reading the Bible and you're in small groups and you're coming to church and you're worshiping, we, f we do feel at least a little bit like we can know Jesus because we have uh, lots of texts, lots of reporting, eyewitness accounts of what he said and what he did. We call them the Gospels. We read those. So we, we have a sense of what Jesus is like. Uh, we have a sense of what the Father's like because Jesus speaks in his, right, in his words that are written down for us over and over about what the Father's like. Many times he tells stories to help us understand Father God. But the Holy Spirit, is, he's a little bit more puzzling for us. He's kind of hidden, and one of the main reasons is the Holy Spirit always is pointing us to Jesus. He is always promoting the glory of Jesus. And here in, in John chapter 16, Jesus is speaking and he says about the Holy Spirit, He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine, making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. That's one of the places where the Holy, your experience with the Holy Spirit primarily will be for the Holy Spirit to point you to the glory of Jesus. The Holy Spirit loves Jesus. He loves the Father. The Father loves the Spirit and the Son, and the Son loves the Father and the Spirit. They're a community of love. 
and they honor each other. So, look at the time go. I'm just going to talk till noon. No, I'm kidding. Um, Most of you know, I tell some stories occasionally of what happened to me last year when I was in the hospital and I, my um, kind of brain blew up and uh, I, oh man, see I start that and then someone doesn't know and I think I'll have to tell you. I I had what's called a dissection in one of the main arteries in my neck in April, a tear in my vertebral artery and it sent a spray of clots into my brain and I had three strokes simultaneously, so I was in the hospital for a while. That's just the setup of this story. Um, And then some miraculous stuff happened and it's a great story. Actually, there's a video of that on, on Facebook, I think, right, where I'm talking with the neurologist who talks about the miracles that happen. That's for another time. What I want to tell you about is something regarding honor and and gifts. Um, My brother is a wonderful, loving, incredible guy. One of my favorite people on the planet. And he cares for people. He works really hard. He's got a really complicated job, lots of hours. But so he spent a lot of time in the hospital with me. And he'd make these amazing smoothies. He's kind of a holistic guy with avocado and all this green stuff in it, and they were delicious. And he'd make them, he'd come and he'd just be with me. And I remember one time, um, a couple days into it, it was just he and I in the room, and he just he was standing there next to me, and he said, how are you doing now? I've, just, I've had kind of a big trauma, okay? So I almost died, and I don't know if I'm going to walk again and stuff like that. And I hadn't processed it emotionally yet. And all of a sudden, he, in gentleness, saying to me, how are you doing, Ron? And I just hugged him and broke and began to sob. I was like, I haven't had time, I haven't cried. And you know when you have trauma, there's a point where your emotions overflow and you just kind of break and it's cathartic. So he just held me and loved me as I sobbed on his shoulder and then, (laughs) okay, I'm better now, thank you. And he, he, he loved me. And I experienced all this gifts from him. Now, think for a moment about the Holy Spirit. Probably every one of you have had some kind of experience where the Holy Spirit has blessed you. You've even had an emotional response. Yeah, Lori, you're not in here. I remember when he came to you in your kitchen. Overwhelming, right? Um, That's another story, too. So many stories of people being healed, overcome with the presence of God that's so clear, so remarkable, right? What if I just called my sister-in-law, my brother's wife, and said, could you send him over again with another one of the smoothies? Please, I could use more. It was really good. Oh, he also came over and did a bunch of repairs in my house. He's a, he's a carpenter. Could you send him over? I need something else fixed. Please send him. I need some more. And never just had relationship with him. There's a difference between what he does and him. And to honor the Holy Spirit involves more than just experiencing what he does in your life. He's actually a person who can be grieved, who you can honor, who you can talk to. That's what I'm talking about. So I think that's, how did I say it? We honor the Holy Spirit when we recognize, acknowledge, and seek to know the person more than the activity and our experience of him. I think that's a main thing that, that I was supposed to ta- say to you and me 
Now, remember what we're talking about, transformation. Transformation into Christ-likeness. Part of the process of our being transformed into Christ-likeness is recognizing, acknowledging, honoring the person doing the transforming and not just his good activities and gifts to us. When we do that, something happens that enables us to grow more fully. Here's a, a quote from a guy from last century, really, uh, a guy by the name of R.A. Torrey. Anyone here ever, ever hear the name R.A. Torrey? You would, a couple people that have been around a while. R.A. Torrey worked with D.L. Moody. You know the name Dwight Moody, the late 1800s, an evangelist in Chicago. And um, R.A. Torrey preached around the world. He was the, the dean from 1912 through 1924 of a school called the Bible Institute of Los Angeles. Now, many of you don't realize that the Bible Institute of Los Angeles has a short name, Biola University. You wondered why Biola, Bible Institute of L.A. That's why it's called Bi Biola. Many people don't think of it as that now, but that's, that's how it started. So this guy wrote a lot, says something worth quoting, I think. A frequent source of error and fanaticism about the work of the Holy Spirit is the attempt to study and understand his work without first coming to know him as a person. It's good to know. So here's kind of a, so knowing him as a person and honoring him more than just the activity. Here's a second area of discussion. You see the way I've separated that in your notes. Uh, humility. We honor the Holy Spirit by recognizing humbly our absolute dependence upon him. Uh, one of the places to read about what it looks like to be mature in Christ, to be formed into Christ-likeness, is Paul's writing to the church at Galatia, the Galatians, chapter 5. He talks about the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. These are marks of someone who's becoming like Christ. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They're called the fruit of all of my best self-effort. Oh, that was wrong, huh? They're called the fruit of the Spirit. It's the work of the Spirit in me. And we do well, we honor the Holy Spirit when we humbly say, oh God, apart from you, I can do nothing. Honestly, I can do nothing. I am like, if this, if this image works for you, I'm like a puppet who needs a hand inside the puppet to make it work. I have nothing unless you're in me making me work. Does that image work for you? I am nothing. So there's this attitude of dependence. Here's Paul writing to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 3. It is not, this is the apostle, it is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Isn't that humble? So guys, this guy has raised the dead. He has 
seen more healings than you and I will ever see. He's traveled the globe. He's given his life for the gospel of Jesus. He's been beaten. He has been left for dead. He's been stoned, not on pot, but on like rocks hitting him in the head. Yeah, you, you know, you have to explain these things, right? <laughs> and he says, it's not that we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. The covenant not of written laws, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but the new covenant, the Spirit gives life there. We honor the Holy Spirit by humbling ourselves and depending entirely on him. You see what I'm doing here? I felt like the Lord said, in transformation, tell them, Honor the Holy Spirit. And I said, how do we do that to him in my prayers? And I looked to the scripture, and I felt like these were three ways. We honor him by recognizing the person, just not the activity. Now we honor him by humbly coming to him. I'm, I'm going to give you three things, so hopefully we can remember three things and apply them in our lives. By humbly coming to him, recognizing our utter dependence on him. Here's a great word from John Wimber, who is the the guy that really led, he wasn't the first vineyard pastor, but he's the guy that led the vineyard into being a movement that became an international planting of churches and teaching people how to, in a non-hype sort of way, experience the power of the Holy Spirit. He wrote in one of his books, only when we come to a point where we totally abandon any confidence we have had in our own strength, gifts, and talents, are we fit vessels for the Holy Spirit. Only when we come to a point of complete and continuing dependence on God. Ooh, maybe you zoned out. So listen again. Only when we come to a point of complete and continuing dependence on God. Saying, Lord, I can do nothing to advance your kingdom. Only then can we know the fullness of the Holy Spirit. we we'll do one more. Third area. This is what we experience when we, when we begin together. Well, part of what we experience. There's three areas. And again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing ideas or concepts from, from Wimber in a book that, I, did I mention this? A book called PowerPoints. I'd highly recommend about spiritual growth. PowerPoints. You can find it used. I think it's out of print, but I saw it's on Amazon used. PowerPoints. He mentions that there are three common areas where the Holy Spirit is working to produce spiritual growth. The Word of God, the Scriptures, life circumstances, especially when they're bad, especially trials and sufferings, and the fellowship of the saints are three particular areas. And here's, here's the concept here. We honor the Holy Spirit in this, in this section. We honor the Holy Spirit when we recognize, when we look for, recognize, and acknowledge and finally respond to his transforming work in our lives, both in the word and in the um, experience of life and the fellowship. Now, my time has clicked off, so let me just summarize this for you, okay? In the word, if you will, do you like the Bible? Guess who wrote the Bible? All scripture is God-breathed. First Peter says, no prophet in the Old Testament wrote of his own accord, 
but men of God wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This gift to you is from your friend, the Holy Spirit. He breathed this book into existence through people. When you read the Bible and it suddenly comes alive to you and speaks to you, that's the person of the Holy Spirit. You might say thank you. <laughs> you might not have realized the Holy Spirit is right now sitting with you when you're sitting in the morning. I hope you're sitting in the morning with your Bible open, reading to learn and experience God and grow in Christ. The Holy Spirit will come and make this word that was written hundreds and, I mean, thousands of years ago come to life today like it was written this morning. Like it was written for you about your personal life this morning. That's the Holy Spirit. He speaks to you through his word. You watch. If you will go to your Bible, you will open it up with the Lord on a continual basis and say, Lord, I want to meet with you. Speak to me. Holy Spirit, I welcome you. You wrote these words, make them alive to me today in the way that you want to apply them. You'll read the Bible and something you'll read will jump off the page and will speak to you about you and your life and what you ought to do to obey what he's saying. If you will then obey him and recognize the work of the Holy Spirit, you will grow in the knowledge, the experiential knowledge of who God is in your life. You will honor the Holy Spirit by saying, thank you, Holy Spirit. I see that you're at work. I recognize you. I've been looking for you, and I see what you're doing, and I'm going to obey and follow you. You'll be transformed, and the next time you read the Bible, it's going to even be better, and you'll find yourself being transformed like that picture from a worm into a butterfly. You will become more like Christ. And in so doing, you will honor the Holy Spirit. Can you feel that you're drinking water right now even? Doesn't it feel like that? Something that was parched is, is being watered right now. And the, the, third, the third thing, and the second thing was um, life circumstances. I said I'd be brief, so let me just... <laughs> Nothing that you experience in your life is apart from God's care. What? You don't know what happened to me. Nothing that you experience in your life is outside of God's care for you. You have a choice when you're going through hellish times. Suffering, loss, difficulty. You can either choose to believe that God doesn't care for you, that he doesn't love you, and that his eyes are not on you. Or you can choose to believe that God cares for you, he loves you, and he knows everything about what you're going through, and he causes all things that happen to you to work together for your good. You can look for the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I trust you that you are going to use what I'm going through to transform me into your likeness and to do something good in my life. I trust you. Teach me and be with me as I go through this hard time. And I'm telling you, it changes your life when you approach difficulty like that. It changes it. You might not get out of the difficulty. You might pray and he gets you out. But you might pray and he doesn't get you out because he's taking you through. And when he takes you through with him, it is different when he's with you. And that you know it and you recognize his merciful hand because he tempers all suffering with his mercy. 
and you will find the presence of God. And if you honor him in your life circumstances, you will find that you're growing into Christ-likeness. So good. It's so true. And the third one in this area was the fellowship of the saints. I'm so sorry if you thought that God called you to follow Jesus and you didn't have to deal with the rest of the followers of Jesus. But whoever told you that, and that's a really popular thing to be told today in America. They lied to you. Guess how you learn to forgive one another. You have someone that needs forgiveness in your life. You have someone who does you wrong in the body of Christ so that you can learn to forgive them. That's God's design to make me like Jesus and you. So he calls us into a fellowship and we are to love each other and spend time together and line dance like we did last night together and eat chili and to come together in the name of Jesus and worship him and anticipate that he gives each one of us gifts for the blessing of each other. We honor the Holy Spirit when we gather in the name of Jesus and pursue spiritual, oh, should we pursue spiritual gifts, Ron? Well, as a matter of fact, God says yes. That we may bless, edify, and comfort each other. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 12. To each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. It's a cool word, manifestation. It's a Greek word, phanerosos, which has, has a picture of the dancing hand of God in a gathering like this, landing on amber and giving her a picture of fish to speak to us, giving gifts to each other. The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, another gifts of healing by that Spirit. Look at all these gifts. Another miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing among spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, the interpretation of different kinds of tongues. All these are the work of the one Spirit. He gives them to each one just as he determines and it goes on, but the, the, the next chapter, actually a whole chapter later after talking about love, says follow the way of love and pursue or eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. We honor the Holy Spirit when we obey his word here to eagerly desire spiritual gifts that we may honor each other, may bless each other. I'll close with this one last scripture. Each one of you should use whatever gift he's given to receive Receive to serve others. Oh, but I don't have any gifts. Oh, let me just say, if we were playing chess, I'd look at you and go, checkmate. Because you, if you're a follower of Jesus, have the Holy Spirit, who is the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have him in you. And he has chosen to manifest himself through you with gifts that he gives to you to give to others. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit. You have a gift. You have maybe not been trained. You might not have been made aware how to see and understand when God gives you something to give. But everyone who's a, who's a follower of Jesus has the Holy Spirit, and you probably have had God speak to you for other people, and you just were not aware of it. Hani, where'd Hani go? Is he still in the room? Hani, brand new believer, had a gift today for a woman that God said we're supposed to love her and pray for her. And he described it to us. Brand new in the Lord, and God gave him a gift. That was a spiritual gift. You get it? So we honor the Lord when we do that and we serve each other. Amen.